if you were a sea witch, um, what animal would you want to be able to shapeshift into? I mean, I I kind of want to say seagull. Yeah. <laughs> for obvious reasons. It's so tempting. It's really tempting. To, um, to fly over the ocean like that and be free. I think I need to turn into a bird. I need to make like buttons and become a bird. <laughs> what would you turn into? A cool little rat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just want to be able like to that. scurry around in the street and pick up crumbs and go beep beep. I like that. Yeah. Rat girl autumn, baby. Rat girl autumn. <laughs> I've already had a, <laughs> say a violently rat girl-ish summer so i feel like maybe maybe that's not the move but you know what you know what i think i I think that you don't choose the rat life i think it chooses you (laughs) it chooses you oh well Um, i'm rendered completely useless by this show so let's get into it let's get into (laughs) it just just talk let's just talk about it <laughs> I'm sorry. How is this show real? I I thought last week was enough. I'm like, okay, okay. We had the big emotional moment. We had the purgatory coming back to life. Steed is a mermaid, hand holding, come back to me, whole thing. Kate Bush. I'm like, it can't top that. <laughs> How do you top Kate Bush? You can't. <laughs> but then you do. But then you do. <laughs> Because they're like, hey, what if we gave you moon scene round two, electric boogaloo? And I said, huh? Come again? And they said, yeah, watch this. And that's how I found myself sobbing in bed at 5 a.m. yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's where we should start today. This is one of those things we'd want to leave toward the end because it's so special. But I just simply, I know that your capacity to contain the multitudes of feelings you have about it, it's going to its gonna diminish over the next <laughs> hour or so that we're talking. So so after you. I live here. I live here now. I live here. <laughs> I live here. This is my house. Please make yourself welcome. This is where I live. This is where I rent in the mermaid scene. And this is my house. You are quite the interior decorator, if I do say so myself. (laughs) Thank you. Um, What the hell? Oh, my God. So I don't know. Okay. I know last week I said, I'm like, this show is giving me everything I want and subverting expectations. But this is this scene is something that I have wanted for so long. I don't think I ever said it on the podcast. But I promise you, this has been in my head for like 18 months now. So I've always pictured a scene of Ed and Steve together on the ship, like like another moon scene. Another, another, the, moon, the moon scene. The, the moon scene. <laughs> the moon scene. <laughs> the moon is there. The moon is there and they are there too. And I've always pictured it like they're standing on the edge of the deck. And in my pre-season two head, it's always been like, They've been together, but they're not made up yet, but they're at least amicable. And then whatever has happened throughout the day, they find themselves at the side of the ship talking together. And I've always pictured it of like, they both have like their hands on the rail. And because I'm obsessed with hands and the show's giving me so many hands, (laughs) um, 
uh like steed because i want him to initiate touch and anything um like slowly moves his pinky over to ed's and then they link pinkies and then i don't know what happens after that but that's as far as my little brain went and the fact that i got a moon scene but it was better than i could ever imagine the fact that they <laughs> the par- the parallel the parallel the, par- the parallel <laughs> The symbolism. I can't. I'm. (laughs) This is. This is too much. This is simply too much. This is too much. Okay, because when they were at the rail, I was like, oh, okay. This is similar to what I wanted. And then they cut and they show the moon and them underneath it and Ed's showing the fish and I go, oh, okay, okay. You're doing you're doing this you're doing this for me specifically. And oh, listen. In season one, Steed says, Oh, that's a lovely piece of silk you have there. And Ed replies, Oh, this tatty old thing and the red silk re- represents Ed's heart and it's something that he's kept hidden away for so long until Steed brings it out of him. And then a season later, we get I like that shirt. Oh, this new thing? And Steed is covered mm. in red. He's mm-hmm. wearing red so proudly. And this is a color only Ed has been able to bring out of him. Like how David Jenkins or somebody who works for the show said last season how the red silk robe came out on Steed because Ed brings out more color in him. Mm-mm. And now here oh. Steed is in love. He knows he's in love, and despite being whim-prone, he's ready to show Ed that he is all in for him. And they're standing underneath the moon, and the words, you are fine things well, are being said by Ed. I can't believe that's real, by the way. (laughs) I can't believe that's real. Ed, who we know the you are fine things well moment was so important to him. One, because of his eyes and Taika's eyes acting is part of the reason why I'm six feet under right now. Mm. And his reaction to lean in for the kiss the first time around in season one, and also because we see him reflect on this scene in episode 10. But now we know that Steed knows the significance of it all because we saw him reflect on it just a couple episodes ago. And we saw it like with more of his perspective and realizing that you were fine things well might as well have been a way for him to say I love you to Ed. And here Ed is saying those exact words back to Steed, showing him, hey, that meant the world to me. And now Steed knows. He knows. And he smiles at him. And this time they kiss. And they both move into it at the same time. And it's so natural and it is so soft and lovely. I cried so much it's 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 so it's so much a note for the audience caitlin's other favorite trope besides fake death romance is uh when two people say i love you to each other without saying i love you you. so (laughs) you're getting everything you wanted everything all of everything i wanted (laughs) if the listeners at home could google uh the charlie kelly pepe sylvia meme like where he's standing in front of the whiteboard. Oh no, he's standing in front of like the attack board. board. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Caitlin looks like right now. <laughs> but the key yeah. difference here between her and a lot of other fans with their shows is that everything she's describing is very intentional. It's not just fan meta, it's very much the intention of the show always 
to yeah. communicate exactly what it means. Like everything yeah. is symbolic. Like yeah. everything has meaning. Like the showrunners yeah. understand this. It's it's almost never an accident. Um, and that's really compelling. <sighs> yeah. If you hear meowing in the background, it's because my cat is here too. Because she also has a lot of things to say. She she watched it with me. She had a great time. I thought that was you too, honestly. I thought you were really... <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> um, Might be. So yeah, it is interesting that they, they made the decision to parallel things that way. Um, and we talked a little bit last week about the significance of the moon. It comes back again because the first yeah. time we get this scene in season one, we've got a big full moon. But in this season, it's kind of mm. what, what, what's the what's the moon phase? What would you describe the moon phase as? Because I'm it's a waxing gibbous moon, baby. Oh, okay, all right, <laughs> all right, okay. And you want you know you know what that signifies, everybody. And if you don't know. A waxing gibbous moon phase is a time for reflection. It's a time to look back on the life lessons you've learned and the internal growth that has come from them and use this to adjust your current goals and life path accordingly. I can't. Hmm. No. Yep. Yep. Yeah. This has, this has no effect on me. It's it's amazing how no the moon, which once again is one of Caitlin's favorite... Uh, <laughs> objects space space objects it, it is really interesting that the moon has become this incredible storytelling tool for the the show to the extent yeah. that it's telling us a little bit about where ed and steed are like romantically and personally at any given moment and it's also kind of giving you a sense of the time right because <laughs> You know, it's a sliver at the beginning of the season, and now it's moving into oh waxing gibbous. It's really amazing. It, it makes you wonder, like, is this <sighs> going to become prominent through the rest of the season? Are we going to see it again? I think so. I hope so. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm crying again. I'm at, like, imagine, like, at the end of the season, it's a full moon again. Mm. No. <laughs> He's like, I don't think I can emotionally. Uh, and and here's a, here's another thing, like going off of that, like whole like it's a time of reflection thing. Yeah, I love that Ed asked Steed to slow down. I love that so much because right. they went too fast last time. Mm-hmm. And look what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and look what, like they said in episode four, like we're whim prone. Like it, everything was moving too fast. Uh, everything was on a whim. You can't just run off to China like that. And so now they're, like, working their way to where they can do those things again. And, mm-hmm. like, for Ed to be able to communicate that with Steve and be like, hey, com- we need to slow down. And Steve's like, okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. And then he asks permission, like, hey, is this okay? And takes his hand. Hands. <laughs> 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 We're going to, oh, we can, we can do this. We can, we can do this. Um, and he takes his hand, and Ed is like, "This, perfect." And then they play their little, their little the thumb game. game. Uh oh, little game. <laughs> right, fighting their way to the top, and then Ed gets his thumb on top of Steed's, and Steed looks at him and he says, "You won," because he already did win, because they're not going anywhere. Like, they're both in it, and like Ed said, like we just ha- sometimes it's better to be patient and wait for these things not like oh we're never gonna do that it's just like we're gonna get there it's just gonna t- we're gonna take our time to it mm-hmm. and it's like steeds you won 
it's him telling Ed, like, yeah, we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it your way. You won. And I'm, I'm okay, I'm here for it, and I'm gonna be right there every step of the way for you, and we're gonna get those passionate kisses someday. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm now eating my wall since I ate my floor last week, so... <laughs> Your house is falling <laughs> apart. Uh, the drywall and the accompanying nails. <laughs> the moon scene where you live is falling apart. There's like a literal cheese-esque bite out of the moon. Like, uh, yeah. It's also really interesting because it seems like this is the overarching theme for that entire episode. It's all about reflection. It's all about growth. Um, yeah. You see Ed having this incredible back and forth with Fang in the boat um where they're talking and fang says and i love this line do you Mm -hmm. think you talk so much because you don't quite know how to sit with yourself i was like are you asking me (laughs) me Me personally uh no comment um but what a great line too and and Mm -hmm. like because because we see that come through is like it it doesn't seem like he knows how to sit with himself it doesn't seem like he's completely comfortable with who he is and and there's like a lot of self-acceptance stuff that's kind of bleeding in to this conversation from last season this also kind of corroborates that argument that like he's whim prone you know yeah and that's the case for both of them and like that's another thing that you see in this episode is like steed in the process of becoming a better pirate, being mentored by Izzy, which, yeah! Oh, awesome. So cool. Um, You know, that's something he has to kind of grapple with, too, is, like, the distinction between his desire for fine things and, like, listening to his crew and being receptive and open to their needs as he becomes this, you know, leader for his crew yeah oh and then and then also lucius who is trying to heal from the trauma that blackbeard has caused him that ed has caused him and move on and like find a way around it and reflect which ends in a really meaningful way i just okay let's let's go there because i felt like these two episodes were such good crew episodes yes (laughs) Yes, the structure of these episodes. They worked so well together. Thank you. Yeah. And I think, and also I, so I read um, an article from Pop Sugar. It was an interview with David David Jenkins. And he said that he didn't know that these two episodes were going to be dropped together when they were first figuring things out. But he's, he said it makes sense. It does. Because it's episode four is Ed and Steed working through some stuff. And then seeing another couple, which we will be talking about. <laughs> Don't oh, you worry. Yep. Seeing another couple that's a bit more mature in some ways. Um, and then seeing that and being like, okay, we can, like, let's give it a shot. And then for episode five, um, he described it as five is more about them just having a day together, a normal day, which is nice and means we can turn the show over to other stories. Uh, he explains, Ed and Steed are starting to get past their differences but they're slowly and intentional. And then after exploring their relationship in different ways in both episodes, they finally share a kiss because they're willing to give this a try. Because David 
is like a farmer and he's got a trough and he's like here little piggies and I'm one of the piggies in question and he's pouring the slop in and he's like here eat your goddamn slop and I'm like I love my slop David thank you oink, please oink. give me more slop yeah <laughs> that was another reason why I loved episode five actually I think episode five might be a new favorite episode like it was just such a delight I've watched it twice now mm. it's everything that I want this show to be it's just fun and silly i laughed so much these two episodes yeah and i think it's funny because obviously with how the season opened it was funny but there was still like the looming darkness of everything and it, mm-hmm. it was it in the first three episodes it showed how dark this show can get despite it being a rom-com right and and it's so beautifully done but then these two episodes were like a gift like here you go here you want to laugh you want to laugh a yeah little? Yeah, and it was just it was so nice. A friend who recently started watching the show because this is all I do to people. I go, oh hey, you want a new show? (laughs) Here you go. She said, how can you not watch all of this in one day? It's like being spoon fed joy. (laughs) And I was like, yes, (laughs) it's exactly like being spoon fed joy. It just makes me so happy. And like a lot of that is because it's so character driven. And so to have these two episodes both be such strong crew episodes and for their trauma that they went through to not be used like it was humorous but not in a way that was just like haha isn't it funny this happened to them and now they're all a little messed up it's how they're handling it and talking about it that's funny but still like the the fact that it was even acknowledged that they're all messed up from it Mm-hmm. that's just so much to me I loved it I want to I want to come back to something that you said um about mm-hmm. the joy you felt over the last yeah. uh, couple of days and I want to I'm gonna um add to that and just say not just to feel joy but also to feel queer joy right now unstifled queer joy um mm-hmm. which I think is really wonderful um at least in my case because I feel like and this isn't so much the case anymore um but in in the long history of shows that either have overt queer themes or storylines or subtext, um, I think it's so rare that everything falls into place in a way that's not predictable, but like ex- comfortably expected. Um, oh yeah. And for that reason, um, I mean, I I think I just walked away from yesterday kind of like glowing because I was like, oh, <laughs> this is where we're going. This is this is where artists are taking their work for queer people and I'm so relieved by this I'm such it's such a relief after so many years of shows um where that hasn't really been the case Mm -hmm. um to be able to watch something and just kind of like to nod and like laugh and not feel this like looming presence of a punchline about to drop that's going to shift everything in an uncomfortable way for me as a queer person so it's really I mean it's it's such a it's such a safe space to be in it's lovely it's a A really lovely feeling oh that makes me so happy (laughs) it just makes me so happy I, I think everyone deserves to be able to see themselves in the media that they love and just the fact that this show has been able to do that for so many people it's just mm-hmm. like oh it gives me the warm fuzzies you know what else <laughs> i see myself in you know what else i see uh, myself in lucius's outfit These oh my god <laughs> yes but slade yes! <laughs> i'm sorry nathan fode is giving 
everything this season. He served, I fear. He served. <laughs> With the cigarette constantly between constantly the cigarette. He's like, Bridget Bardot. I'm like, who are you? Who are you? You're my Lana Del Rey, Norman fucking Rockwell queen. I'm obsessed. I'm so obsessed. Um, oh, my God. And for all of his toiling and his trouble over the last um couple of episodes to end in a marriage proposal <laughs> so excited. i love lucius and pete so much and it just makes me so happy because like i think my favorite part of their relationship i love how absolutely head over heels pete is for lucius i think that's so sweet yes. as a character who started off to seem like he's gonna be the guy to be like no like sewing that's women's work uh, yeah. I'm the tough guy. Uh, I want to be like Blackbeard. But but this guy uh. who comes off as trying to be so tough is also just the softest, sweetest man who whittles fingers for his boyfriend, now fiance. Yes. <laughs> to, like, yeah. to to uh, make up for the loss of his own finger, and he was like, I'm. I've seen death, but not your death. And then he spent time thinking that Lucius was dead, but now uh. he's back. And then. Oh, oh, the waking up in the morning and being like, sometimes when I'd wake up in the morning, I thought I heard your voice. I know. And then when he's just like, you talk all the time about how you almost died, but I never hear anything about the fact that you lived. The, 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 ah! <laughs> the Pete. What? Oh, oh, this show, this specific episode is just dropping line after line. Like, I wrote some of that down in my diary. I was like, I think I need to internalize some of what's being said here. Whoa. Real Whoa. Whoa. Ah, Whoa. The layers. The layers. Uh, <laughs> onions are like ogres. <laughs> um, no. Oh, my God. But but and, and then to that point about Pete being the most doting one, I think that's what makes Lucius being the one to propose so wonderful is, like, there's a balance there in the way that they reciprocate love for each other. And the Lucius is a little more, like, I wouldn't say he's less direct. I think he's just more aloof because of what he's been through. For him to be the one to propose at the end of all of that is so special yeah. to me because it's yes, like, yes, yes. Yes, they do love each other. That love is even like oh, and that they're gonna get married. They're gonna get married because, because they're they're such like a parallel mm-hmm. to Ed and Steed. Yeah, they are. They're fo- they're definitely like a huge foil. Yeah, because oh my god, I I'll have to find the um the post and link it in our description to give proper credit. But I saw this post on Tumblr because of course I did. I live there. Um, they were saying that Lucius and Pete's reunion is literally what Steed dreamed of his and Ed's reunion being. Because you've got oh. Lucius and Pete running to oh. each other and falling to the ground. You've got uh, Pete saying, you've got a beard now. And Lucius saying, like, do you hate it? And Pete's like, oh, no, I love it. And that was part of the whole dream sequence of, like, steed having a beard and it was an exact parallel of what steed was dreaming his own reunion to be and like lucius and pete are a much more mature couple than ed and steed and there's such a good representation of like what ed and steed can be yeah once they heal more and it's in the once they're able to go all in and i oh i just love them so much 
Because they were such, like, to me, like, uh, such a surprise romance that popped up in season one. And I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's go. And I just, I loved, I just love them so much. So the fact yeah. that, like, like, the season's ending in a wedding. Yep. Season's, we're, we're getting the Lou Pete wedding. Yep. And it's going to be great. Yep. And I'm so excited. Yep. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yep, 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 yep. And I don't know how I didn't expect it. Like, I I have not been doing the internal work of focusing on every relationship in this show. And I I realized that this last, like, two episodes, that, like, the show is relationship-driven, obviously not just for student ed, but for every single person on the crew. Like, they do something that I think a lot of shows uh, make the mistake of boxing themselves into, Mm -hmm. and that's they have multiple relationships Believe it or not, multiple people can be in love at one time, which is something that I think other shows, they'll say, there's going to be that one will they or won't they couple, and that's it. And it's like, no, everybody can love each other. Like, there can be multiple people who have spouses and partners and care for each other, and we can tell all of their stories, and it doesn't have to, it doesn't, the, the the success of the show doesn't have to entirely lean on Jim and Pam and Michael, you know, for different <laughs> yeah. reasons, but you know, Michael. So there, I love that. I love that. I I just huge fan of character driven stories. Like I love that everything that the crew does, it's still moving forward. Like we're not just like, oh, here's a couple bottle episodes of like the day in the life of the crew. It's like no, like we're getting a day in the life of the crew and it's the crew both sides of them handling the trauma that most of them went through yeah <laughs> like yeah and trying to work they're literally talking it through as a crew yeah and i adore that and then in episode yeah. five yeah. you've got them raiding but then their silly captain gets a cursed coat and they're all like you need to get the fuck out of here with that coat because it's cursed and we can't do with that right now and then they're able to all like work together, get mm-hmm. the code out of here. Steve's able to communicate with them and be like, okay, so what would you do? <laughs> Again, like a dad to his children <laughs> trying to give them solutions. I've nearly flipped off my couch at the scene where Steve is running through the cabin and he goes, they ripped my pocket, those fucking barbarians. <laughs> and, then he, <laughs> and Izzy is sitting at the desk <laughs> and he goes, a curse is a curse. And once it takes off and he goes, oh, fuck off. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. He put his whole heart and soul into that. It was so, ah, oh, I love, I love, this was, this was such a Steed episode. I'm so, like, this is the most Steed Steed has ever been. Yep. I love yep. that. Like, yes. This man wants to be a pirate captain so, so bad. But also, this bitch loves his fine things. He loves his silk. He loves his frilly coats. He has the whimsy. He has the whimsy. something that I love about David Jenkins in this Pop Sugar article is that he said, yeah, this season is about making Reese Darby as sexy as possible. (laughs) (laughs) And I respect that because they're doing it i'm sorry all of all of the like he was so feeling himself in that whole outfit like he's looking at himself in the mirror he's making little faces he's swaying hips the amount of coat flips this man did in the span of 20 minutes yeah yeah he he pulled a real david tennant uh <laughs> I doctor with a lot of the coat flips uh. to, to, to that end though to that end it's also i mean a great reese darby comedic actor episode because yes that's i think one of the places that he thrives as an actor like 
his delivery of things anyone who's seen flight of the concords knows that he really thrives in that space where he gets to be a silly goofy guy so for him to kind of fall into that role again um while also being continuing to be the romantic lead is so awesome like get yourself a girl that can do both welcome to the con o'neill corner where we are going to spend an abnormal (laughs) amount of time talking about con o'neill i think this is gonna be a weekly thing because oh my god this man is he's fighting for that emmy he's fighting for it and he deserves it because he's not even fighting he's walking right past everybody (laughs) you're right you're right you're so right you're so right i take it all back i never thought that there would be a day where i would cry over izzy fucking hands I never thought. Like, I am so intrigued by this little rat bastard so much. Izzy, I mean, I, I, as somebody who loves to see her men from her shows broken down, um, <laughs> I think there was probably always going to be a time for me where I knew I would cry about Izzy hands. Like, yeah. I think that this is the direction that we've kind of been moving in since the beginning maybe it's more fitting to say that i think david in writing the second season recognizes khan's value and izzy's value and that comes through like he he has this great epitome that like and not to speak for david because i don't know him but like that khan o'neill's portrayal of izzy is compelling and that like izzy is not really the central villain in all of this he is so much more complicated and fascinating and interesting and Mm -hmm you know, honestly likable than that. I think that the way that we reintroduce, the way that we reorient ourselves to Izzy in episode four is so fascinating because it starts with this great conflict going on between the crew where the, the, the part of the crew that's been traumatized by Ed is reacting so justifiably and like so sensitively to everything that, the, the side of the crew that was with Steed is doing. Um, and yeah. they're doing out of the goodness of their hearts. But ultimately, the conclusion of that whole conflict is like, oh, we're all really fucked up and we have some things to talk through. And then mm-hmm. we bring Izzy back in, who has been day drinking like a 1950s housewife for the last, <laughs> like, God knows how long. And there's that acknowledgement from the crew that like, oh, we've got our shit, but this guy, he needs us. <laughs> more than "Mm, i think he's a little bit more deranged than the rest of us yeah there's this great acknowledgement where they all kind of come together in the doorway and watch him drag himself away and they're like oh oh we you know whatever's going on with us we need to set that aside for a second and help this guy because he's the one that needs that support more than we do and that's fucking crazy Uh, they're a family they're a family and for that to culminate in them taking the leg from the unicorn and giving it to him in that incredible scene maybe my favorite scene of the season so far where he unfolds the note and you 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 see that he has this the the leg and it's been painted gold and it's and the note says for the new unicorn yes Yes, yes, oh, he's a dick, he but he's their dick. But he's their dick, oh. and he's now their unicorn. I wonder how lovely that must have been for Khan to play, as he did recently come out at, like, a panel. Yeah. And and it's have a, I 
don't want to speak for him again. I don't remember exactly what he said or what the words were, but like for this show to bring him to a point in his life, in his midlife even, yes, to where he's now comfortable and putting the words to it and like like season one kind is just like oh you'll never see me without my shirt on because i'm old or whatever he said and then now here he is <laughs> posting thirst traps on instagram Delightful. And he's like i love this for him and it just goes to show like it doesn't matter how old you are you can still find yourself yeah you know and you can still find your people right <laughs> and for me this oh. harkens back to that that point I made about queer joy is like that is that is the that is one of the benefits of a show like this is that it gives people an opportunity to be called in and I think that's something that a lot of shows don't do especially you know the shows that a lot of our community has leaned into over the past decade and like there are obviously uh, exceptions to this rule, especially recently. Like I mean, Heartstopper is a great example of this. League of Their Own is a great example of this. Like there's been shows recently that I think have done a good job of this, and need more support from networks because they are the shows that I think need to be upheld. But like for the longest time, I think a lot of queer media has revolved around like the implication of queerness, um, mm. and that's fine. But um, I think that there is like a, a smaller maybe maybe not a smaller maybe actually a, a decent portion of the population that could benefit from a show where everything is out there on the table like there are people who really need that who need somebody to look them in the eyes and take take um their hands in their their face and say this is for you you can be you now it's okay here's a show that is is making that point over and over again episode after episode minute by minute you can be you now you know yeah are you good (laughs) (laughs) i'm just oh it's such a lovely little show i love it (laughs) sticking with izzy uh I love I love the way that this uh, shifts us into the next episode because we've got our boy back. Like he's 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 hooved up. Those are his hooves, you bitch. And, <laughs> Those are his hooves, you bitch. <laughs> and he's ready to be the ship's new unicorn, right? Um, which, mind you, quick sidebar, I think is great because like Izzy's character, so much in the first season is focused on titles, on retaining the title of Black Blackbeard's first mate of potentially being Mm -hmm. captain at some point so for them to be like no you're this actually you're the unicorn you you hold this unconventional role on our ship that is so meaningful and you know for him to come to terms with that is oh it's so good for the unicorn to be like you know it's at the at the front of the ship it's the one that's like kind of leading its way yes and for izzy to have been the one to lead their way to like to the revenge like unknowingly to him like not on purpose yeah (laughs) like he led his crew and ed's crew to steed's crew like he did that he's been he's the unicorn all along he has been the unicorn all along i think this new role does a good job of propelling him into the next episode where he is now kind of acting as a support and mentor for steed yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Good stuff, good stuff, good yeah. stuff, good stuff. Right, well, as we discussed in, in the previous episode of this podcast, like, I think we're both really, we both have a hankering for more Steed and Izzy scenes. Like, oh, yeah. 
their dynamic together is so compelling. I think Reese and Khan have really intense chemistry. So to see them in this episode, the montage of Izzy helping Steed, like the fact that we're here right now after everything that's happened between them after all this time, it's like healing and, and, and hilarious and yeah just so oh it's it really like I want to say that it's like if there's like I don't know if there's a god-shaped hole in my heart this filled it (laughs) (laughs) you know like (laughs) wow (laughs) it's so good I love watching people who once were at odds come together as friends at the very least yeah like to see steed like tell izzy oh you're learning the basics well your basics uh, my basics might be a little bit more basic than yours so maybe you could teach me a few things and yeah ed told me that you're the one who taught him some stuff and for izzy to pause and be like what specifically did he tell you (laughs) yeah Yeah. and i was just like that's our boy I read this in fanfic. <laughs> like, yeah, literally. Like, I have literally, like, read Steed and Izzy, like, having to work together yeah. like this. Yeah. And it is just, it's wonderful to see it come to life. And at the end, for, like, all of the their montage and for them to actually go onto the ship, for the one enemy on their ship to start to come up with a knife and for Steed to immediately turn around and shoot the gun in a warning. Yeah. For him to turn around. And then he looks at Izzy, and Izzy gives him the little okay symbol. Oh, the symbol. little okay symbol. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like... Look at that. I can't, Look at that. I can't wait to see them work together more. Like, I'm so excited. Or um, when earlier, when they're, they're, they start their raid of the ship, um, and Steed first tries on the coat, and that guy jumps out of the closet to attack Steed. <gasps> yeah. You see Izzy, like, put his hand on his sword and step forward. Like, he's going to handle it before Steed does his punch. And I just think uh-huh. the fact that that even happens, the fact that we've moved to a place with their relationship where Izzy wouldn't just let this guy come at Steed, let him die, yeah. where he would, he yeah. is now, you know, got a hand on his holster. He's now willing to step up and save Steed. That yep. is so awesome. Uh, That's so cool. I love it. That's so cool. Izzy is like, he's moved on from Blackbeard. You know, him shooting at Ed in episode two, like, that was the breakup. That was over. He's lost his leg because of this man. He's over it. It's over for them. So now to see. Izzy be able to move on from that himself, to move on from his infatuation with Blackbeard, and to just find who he is within this found family is so beautiful. And for him to now look at Steed and be like, okay, I kind of (laughs) understand why you are the way that you are, and I'm kind of here for it. I still don't know how you are alive, but I'm going to make sure that you stay alive. Like, it's just... These yeah. characters are so... I've never watched a show where I want to, like, take a shovel and just keep unburying things from it. Like, I, every every single episode we get, I'm just, like, clawing my way through the dirt that is our flag means death and being like, what else can I find in here? And I always find treasure. I always do. Yeah. This is... I'm going to sound like somebody writing Tumblr meta, and I'm right, too, but, like, <laughs> there's a lot to chew on. <laughs> and I'm gnawing. You know, I'm gnawing like a dog. <laughs> on the chew toy that is this show um you know it's like it's really it's like a bop it it's like bop it trauma twist it more trauma thump it i don't know i don't know the the action words for bop it pull it 
love romance you know like there's just so much there's so much to to i feel like unpack staying on the note of con o'neill um for -hmm. just a moment longer um and digging things apart uh another great dynamic that i love in this show um like so much so much so much so much so much is izzy and lucius yeah (laughs) i've been waiting patiently me a long time a long time proponent of izzy and lucius scenes for them to (laughs) step up onto the onto the silver screen together (laughs) and i was so pleased i was so pleased this scene the scene where and, and you know there's two there's two great scenes between them but the one i want to talk about is when the yeah. fog comes in where uh izzy basically says yeah no i don't know what you're talking about i a shark mm-hmm, took my leg mm-hmm. and lucius is like using a little bit of fiction to help cover up your trauma you know like okay you know, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and izzy's response is well not moving on is worse <laughs> and then and then he okay. does this great thing where he hands lucius the whale that he's been carving the whole episode it's a shark and it's Lu- a shark it's a shark okay and lucius is like i actually love this oh ah, so and then cute. earlier 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 i'm, I'm yeah. putting yeah. the card reverse when they're having a conversation and they're talking a little bit about like kind of how untethered Lucius is um, early in the episode. Izzy takes his cigarette out of his mouth and puts it in Lucius's and it's like, I'm sorry, that was that it was such it was such an Uno reverse from last season of Lucius taunting Izzy and being like, Have you ever been sketched? And yeah. now Izzy is over here taking the cigarette out of his fingers and put trying to put it back in his like I, I just I love such, it. They have such intense like psychosexual chemistry. And (laughs) it really works. It It really works. It really, really works. Like it's not, and it's not that I don't want uh, Lucius and Pete to have a healthy, happy life together because they will, and I'm manifesting that for them. But I remain committed to the trash. I remain committed to the trashy, (laughs) trashy, toxic, queer undertones in this show. Speaking of which, let's talk about the most toxic queer couple that I've ever seen. True Yuri, true Yuri alert, true Yuri alert, true Yuri alert, we've got two amazing women and they do knife play and they're gay. (laughs) And I love that. I'm so happy. It was so fun. Please go, 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 go. go. Episode four. I'm glad we're I'm glad we're sticking things in reverse because this is where this is my time to shine. Like I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm pulling out my team. top hat. I'm pulling out my tap shoes. Spotlight <laughs> on. It's time to talk about episode four. This is my favorite episode of this show ever. Yeah? Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, listen. Okay, listen. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm sad. So, okay, um, this is a point that I'm going to make to you later today with the cohesive PowerPoint that I've made up about toxic <laughs> gay people and why they're important to the media. But yep. I'll mm-hmm. say this for now. Um, I think when you eulogize about queer people, when all of the characters in your show that are queer are all good, okay, mm-hmm. all uncomplicatedly good, um, yeah. which this isn't a show where that happens at all, mind you. But, like, when that is the case, it can be... I think that's such a disservice to like queer people because some of us are evil. And like okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but no but, but that's what I mean is like is like I think it is like a real disservice to queer characters for like shows to write only queer people to be 
good um Mm -hmm. and to not let queer people be a little evil and like participate in toxic relationships like I feel like this is really common in like the early 2010s for every gay person to be written not just as like the the voice of reason but also as like especially in couples as like the healthy couple and that can be great for positive queer representation and that was like essential especially in the 2010s um because of all of like the landmark supreme court decisions that were taking place because of like i think the shift culturally that needed to happen then in order for us to introduce more complex queer characters into the narrative Mm -hmm. but that said it's it's 2023 and i think that gay people need to be evil Like, I, like, you know, I, I think that when only the straight characters in your story are complex, it mm-hmm. creates this really, this really rigid boundary about who can be gay and who can't. And that's mm-hmm. just not, I mean, first of all, that's not real representation, you know, like not in the slightest. And it's also boring as, as all get out. Like, so to have a couple in this show that is so fucked up and toxic <laughs> and yet so passionately into each other to yeah. have knife play to have them just <laughs> poisoning each other to have them setting things on fire and fighting passionately all of the time it's oh good it's oh good caitlin it is so good Mm. (laughs) oh it's so it's so good it's so good and for those two characters to act as foils to ed and steed in this particular episode it's really compelling because there's like a looming threat there that's delivered of like if you're constantly living on a whim for each other it's going to get old um, mm-hmm. And it's going to fall apart. And before you know it, you'll be selling antiques to nobody um, and not living your life. And that's so, I mean, that's just so interesting. That's so interesting. Yeah. I just I just love that, like you said, like Anne and Mary are so passionate about each other. And like yeah. they're doing all of these things to keep their relationship alive. And like no matter what they do to each other. It's, it's for each other. Like, when, when Anne comes out and she's, like, there's smoke and she goes, I torched it all. Yes! And- oh, my God. I died. <laughs> and they have this great, powerful, like, embrace in the middle of the living room as yeah. everything is falling apart. That is so awesome. Though, that is, that is what, that is why I watch TV. Okay? Like, <laughs> yeah. this is who I watch TV for is for the couples that are so damaged <laughs> that it just works. It just works, you know? And and I promise, I promise, I'm not romanticizing, like, abusive relationships. I promise, I promise, I promise. It's just within the context of entertainment, in the context of media, there is a place for toxic gay rep. There is a place for it. <laughs> And it's on my television. <laughs> there was such a delight. I'm also just, I was just so excited to see Rachel House as Mary Reed because mm-hmm. I haven't seen her in anything that I haven't loved. Like, I, there's just something about her that She's is great so voice. captivating to She's me. She's a great voice. Yes! That's what it is. That's what it is. I want her to read me bedtime stories. One of Reese Darby's 
comedy specials, she voices like, I don't, I don't remember what it was, but she's like a character and she comes over the loudspeaker. I remember watching it being like, is that Rachel fucking house? I know that voice anywhere. <laughs> and I just, I love it. I love her so much. So when she came out and she was perfect, she was yes. perfect as Mary. So the second she yes. emerged from the woods and was like, teach? Yeah. <laughs> Read? Yeah. And I just, ah, oh, I love it so much. And Mini Driver, Mini Driver. Yeah. Mini Driver. <laughs> Mini Driver. <laughs> That's all. Mini Driver. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's so captivating. She's She's so captivating. Like, the entire time she's on screen, I was just, like, staring at her. I was like, this woman <laughs> is the most beautiful woman that I've seen today so far. <laughs> in classic Emberlyn Hosier, I fall in love just a little bit every day with someone <laughs> new fashion. I was like, I'm in love with this. For the next 24 hours, I'm in love with this woman. I'm <laughs> Only 24? <laughs> Well, until I go to my local diner and I meet like a waitress there and I'm like, wow, you, <laughs> you know, but you know, you know how it'd be in the same vein, you know, talking about foils. Um, and this is maybe where I'm going to attract some controversy to the podcast. Um, yeah, I and, and clearly I am biased toward this because of my desire for conflict. But I think that Ed and Steed in their bickering husband's era is so 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 entertaining like i loved it i loved every second of it (laughs) can we not do this now we can do it anytime i like anytime i'm i'm oh that made me so happy because i'm like yeah you can't do it anytime you like (laughs) he he left you yep yep yep. yeah (laughs) Yeah, and then and then for ed to have that conversation with mary where he's like he's so fragile and her response is like an artsy outsider was always your thing you're caught up in his whirlpool like that's who you are oh it's i mean and then like the 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 recognition that ed has that steed left him for mary because he did i forget this he didn't know and for him to smash things oh i also i also just love i love that the second that ann and mary realize that Ed and Steed know each other there's like a look in both of their eyes where they both at the same time go oh this is gonna be fun yeah it's gonna be yeah. great and yeah. for <laughs> for Anne to be like oh well you must have missed the sea since you left your wife twice for it and then yes. she kind of smirks <laughs> yes like, the women loving women incredible. and men loving men like solidarity in this episode it's <laughs> th- like this dynamic is so important to me like it is, it is the gay couple going over to the lesbian couple's house and, like, teasing out the really interesting, like, comparable dynamics they have and it all ending yeah. and everything burning down. Like, that is so <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. Like, <laughs> it's just, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And, and this is where the controversy gets interjected. Um, okay. I honestly, like, I think for pacing purposes, like, I understand there's only so much you can do with eight episodes, mm. but yeah. I kind of wish we'd spent more time in that bickering husband's space. I agree. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> here's, here's, here's where I'm at. I want, I've, I think I said it last episode too, but like, I want them to talk it through as a crew so fucking bad. Like, I want to talk about everything. I want to hear them talk about how Chauncey basically kidnapped Steed at gunpoint, and I want to talk about 
why did he go back home and all yeah. of the feelings that was going on in his head and like what was going on through Ed's head why he stayed at the dock like not that he like had to go out and look for Steed but just what made him come to the conclusion of like oh he's just not coming yeah. and leaving and I just I, I do want more of that because I was loving the conversation like when Ed is under the blanket yeah I, first of all I love that that's Ed's go-to comfort thing it's like he needs to be consumed yes in yes. like a blanket fort or just underneath the blanket he just needs to not be seen by the world and I yeah first of all same second of all love that so much and for when he was just like uh oh fair you want to talk about fair you know what's not fair you you ditched me and you expect me to melt back into your arms blah 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 like yeah. i i was loving it and i loved it so much and I, I want them to talk more about it and maybe we'll get that but I, i'm also at this point now where i'm so biased about this show where i'm just like you know that's okay because everything that happened i'm like i'm good I just mm-hmm. want to see them happy together. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And me, as somebody who likes to stow the fire, um, I'm very yeah. much like, I stay there, dust collected on my pinned up hair. Like, I, <laughs> I, I need there to be exactly what you're describing. Like, I need that angst. And, and that's like, I mean, that's ironic because it's like at the same time that I'm like, I love queer joy. Everything is great. Yeah. I'm also like, but I need them to suffer. So that's like a really well, tough balance to to find. And I think David's doing it. Like, I, I do yeah. believe that. But I also, I really like, I, I think like when we get to that scene where they're talking about it, I remember just like leaning in and being like, okay, yes. say more. Like, say more about yeah. this. This is so interesting that you guys are having because this conversation. Because we waited so long. We yeah. waited so long to see what this conversation looks like. And because mm-hmm. we were getting, like, hints of it throughout the episode and, like, the whole explosion at the dinner table, I'm just like, oh, yeah, okay, here we go. And, yeah. like, I was, I was doing the same. I was, I was, like, leaning in, looking at my screen, like, okay, what, are, what else are you going to say? Yeah. Um, so I loved it so much. I think I just, because there's only eight episodes, I just want as much time of them together as mm. possible and yeah. we've already gotten them together so much more than I was anticipating. So yeah. that's why I'm like, oh, I, I, this is great. I don't I don't care. They're going to be together for the rest of the season. Awesome. <laughs> this is great. Because there's people who are thinking, like, they're going to be separated yeah. all season. And they're not. I was like, no, I can't do no, that. Can't like, do I that. can't wait. Because, like, this is, like, their relationship is not what I came to the show for, but it's what I came out of loving the most. Because, one, didn't know what was going to happen. And then, two, to see two people who never knew what love was or never thought that they could have love to finally find this yeah at their age in their lifestyle to be able to find each other i just i just think it's so beautiful it is and so i want more of that i want them together that's why i couldn't believe that the way episode 3 went <laughs> it went the way it, <laughs> it did went. like i i <laughs> kate bush is still uh, Recedify check. <laughs> it went. It went. Oh yeah, Recedify check. Tell us. Tell us where Kate Bush's, uh, a woman's work, sits on your uh, Spotify. This is, is so weird. Not? She's not there. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe give her some time. Maybe give her some time. Maybe. Oh, she's at number eleven. She's at number eleven. <laughs> That's so funny. So she's creeping her way in. We she's gotta, creeping her way up. We just gotta let her cook. I'm just kind of reeling in the fact that they are together and i'm okay with it not being so so like when at first uh when the episode opened and the crew was just like yeah no we choose we vote banishment like we're doing that and then when it was just happening and they were just like letting ed go off the ship and steve was just like at least talk to me 
<laughs> the only thing Ed says to him is, you're not a fucking mermaid. And he's like, what? First of all, incredible. <laughs> what? What does that mean? And then he just leaves. I was just like, we're just letting him get off the ship. We're not going to go to him. We're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And then, then when Buttons is like, hey, um, I need to go find this bull oh. so I can be your bird. Uh, and Steve's like, okay, yeah. And then they leave and they find Ed. But The lack of questioning about Buttons' intentions throughout the whole episode is so entertaining I, to me. I love this show. I love this show so, so much. He's <laughs> like, I'm going to turn into a fucking bird. And it's they're like, all, It's all matter of fact. Yeah, they're like, okay, bet. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> Do it then. He's like, Steve, he literally was like, I need to, I need to get the specific bowl so I can yeah. be your bird. And Steve goes, okay, let's go. Yeah. And then he tells Anne what he needs for avian transmogrification. She goes, oh, yeah, have a look in the back. And the only one who calls out its absurdity yeah. is Ed. Yeah. When he tells Steve, maybe don't listen to a man who's becoming a bird. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then later, when they return to the ship without buttons, that's kind yeah. of the thing. Is they're all like, "Okay, are you still sticking with the story that he's a bird?" <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah." And he's like, "They're all and, and like Roach and Frenchie and like everybody on the ship. They're all like, uh huh, okay, that's interesting. Okay. That's so did silver. he really turn into a bird, or did you kill him?" Yeah, and this is great because. As a longtime proponent of Mr. Buttons, it's really important <laughs> to me that that the arc for his season is that he is a sea witch. Like I and know. a sea bird. Like that is the like season one sea of Berlin, who is like, This is my dude, this is my guy. Yeah. Um, is yeah. loving this. She's like, Holy shit, he really is my guy. He really is my guy. Yeah. And and with Buttons becoming a seagull, that's where we get I think one of my other favorite scenes from the season so far which is um, kind of the first time that we see Ed and Steed start to, like, show some real, I think, comfort with each other again, kind of start to shift back into their typical dynamic. You get, like, the, you know, Steed offering Ed to come back to the ship for just a little while longer where he will be uh dressed in a potato sack and a cat bell canonically that man wears a cat bell wears a collar with a bell on it that is something that happens in the canon let that sink in i could write this is a bird and ed is wearing a cat collar and i could write an essay about it and i won't yet um (laughs) yet <laughs> but but to have as response to that invitation be the soft quick yes and then steed's response yeah. be like great <laughs> great that was so cute <laughs> there runs away so embarrassing and adorable and he, like he zoomed away so comically fast. and the look right there and the look on Ed's face, that is what yeah. gonna be one of my favorite looks of the season. Like yeah. that that genuine fondness, like that, oh, it is so over for him. That genuine, like intense affection that yeah. Yeah. He, you see yeah. on his face. And then for buttons to just slowly pop up <laughs> and be like That was the funniest thing. The sea is my love. The sea is my love. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's so... That's comedy, baby! <laughs> that was... This is... This is television. This is television. This is perfect. There's... And then... Ah! Oh, it was beautiful. Like, there there was a moment where... When Steed ran away, I was like, oh, no. 
Oh no. It's happening again. Oh, no. The trauma. It's happening the again. Trauma I was season. so afraid. I was like, they're going to do it again. They're going to, Steve's going to run away. Something is going to happen to Ed. And I was like, this is going to be, oh no. No. You're I was so scared. And then. Of me. <laughs> Sorry. And then, but like when the wrestling happened in the background, I was like, oh shit, here we go. And, but it was just buttons turning into a bird. It was, don't worry, don't worry. Not this don't time. Worry. It's, it's just buttons turning into buttons a bird. Turning into don't a bird. And then for Steve to come back it. and be like, Hey Ed, could you actually could you actually like hurry up a little bit? Cause I don't know where I am. I need help. And then he's like, yeah. And he like kind of has to like collect himself before he goes. And then yeah. like he kind of brushes his hair back and then he runs. Like it's just. <sighs> and I think that's where we should end. Is yeah. right is with the central message of that scene, which is like mm-hmm. to love the sea. This is what Button says: as she must be loved, requires change. And Ed pushes back on that. He's like, people uh... don't change and buttons is like hold my beer (laughs) (laughs) he said bet (laughs) and then he turns into a bird so he can properly love (laughs) let me cook and and ed is like oh shit maybe and like this is i think his like moment of of realization like this is where he recognizes like oh maybe i can change like and that's kind of what that's what propels us forward into the next episode and he's like oh fuck yeah brother as as we see buttons fly away and it's like yeah "Yeah." it's like yes yes you can change like you can be someone else you fucked up you made mistakes you traumatized Mm -hmm. people you hurt people but you can be different Mm -hmm. and you have an opportunity in this man that loves you and has forgiven you for all of this and never doubted you and knows you so well you have the opportunity to change and he takes it so uh, fuck me be the bird <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe that the motivation for a character to finally let himself be in love and fall in love and give love a chance is to watch his friend turn into a that's the show baby and that's on david jenkins logic (laughs) (laughs) i love david jenkins logic this season is so good so far and i am not normal about it (laughs) i am not normal about it i am so excited to get into the next couple episodes we have three left which makes me sad but no i know but i'm excited me too. I'm excited to see what comes next. We get episode six and seven next week. Oh my god. If this is how I've felt every week so far, and every week has only been two weeks, but there's been five episodes that have completely messed me up. Yeah. I can only assume it's just good. The mental health is just going to decline from here. And I look mm. forward to it. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. The invoices are stacking up for my, my therapy sessions. Yeah. Listeners take joy in being in the middle of the season ground yourself in the fact that we are halfway through and there's still so much to come i know it feels like it's gonna be over soon so just you know live in this moment with us be the seabird i guess i don't know the seabird (laughs) thank you for listening please 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 subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We will be breaking down the remainder of the season with you over the remainder of October and loving and crying and screaming over every moment of it. Bye! Bye.